Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. It's a good question. Let's talk about it. Why? Why do we worry? Um, I want to try to start this off with a lesson from a three-year-old. Uh, I got, uh, some of you know, uh, we have grandchildren. I may have mentioned my grandchildren at some point. I, I think probably somewhere along the way, every Sunday. Uh, but I, I do rotate around though among them. I don't go to the same grandchild every time. But we have uh, three boys in Chattanooga, um, Ambrose, Ephraim, and Bob. <laughs> no, there wasn't going to be a Bob. Wolfgang is the third one. Wolfie's three. They call him Wolfie. We call him Wolfie. He's this precious little guy. And he loves to swing. And so he and his mom were out. She texted the other day with this little story. She, uh, he and Lauren, our older daughter, uh, were out swinging uh, in the afternoon. And he loves to swing and he loves for his mommy to push. And sometimes she sings and they talk and it's just, you know, it's that special time. Well, he wasn't finished, but she needed to go in and get started on dinner. And she said, okay, Wolfie, we're, we're going to go in now. I've got to go. And he, and that ju- it didn't work. It just didn't work out. And he got very, very upset and flung himself on the ground, and she said, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in now and get started on supper. Why don't you come in, and, and maybe we'll have a popsicle. It was still a little while till dinner, so he managed to get in the house, and she had cherry popsicles, his favorite. She had cherry popsicles, and she said, Wolfie, he was still just inconsolable. Wolfie, do you want a popsicle? No! You know, so she said, well, I've already unwrapped it. Can I eat your popsicle? No! And then there was a pause. Put it in the fridge, and I'll eat it when I'm happy. <laughs> and ain't it the truth? Isn't that exactly like the rest of us, you know? I don't want good things right now. Don't confuse me with that. I'm angry. I'm worried. Don't come to me with good stuff. I'm happy in this very uncomfortable spot. And we don't have to be. We have a choice, and that's kind of what I want to talk about for a few minutes this morning, is we talk about worry. We, we do have a choice. Now, that's not to say that there aren't tough things to deal with. I understand we're all dealing with tough things. I've got that, and I'm not making light of that or diminishing that in any way. And we're certainly not here to say that if you worry, you're somehow spiritually deficient, and your relationship with God's not good enough. You know, that's not true either. Worry is, is part of being a human being. Now, before I go any further, let me pause and say this, just for clarification. We're going to talk about, over the next several weeks as we continue this sermon series, uh, we're going to talk about why worry uh, about problems, which is today, and then we're going to talk about worry about time, worry about money, worry about relationships. We're talking about being 
worried or concerned with a specific thing that you can target. This is not to be confused with with anxiety disorder that many people have. And, and I want to acknowledge that. Anxiety, anxiety is different. Anxiety is like fear, we say fear without a focus. It's just this elevated heart rate and sometimes labored breathing and these panic attacks come. And if you've ever had one, I have had a couple of them. Uh, if you've ever had them, it's terrifying. And, you know, really, if you have anxiety disorder to the point that it debilitates you and you can't get out of the house or you can't do the things that you would normally do, then it's time to see somebody. I did. I went to see a, a therapist, a, a counselor, and, and it really helped. And we have a counseling center uh, if anybody is having trouble with that. It's just, it's, you know, we have this fight flight or freeze these impulses inside of us that God put inside of us uh, to, to see it to either get out of a situation if we can or to protect ourselves in a situation if we have to or the freeze thing which we're going to talk about in a minute is when and that's sometimes animals if they're being uh, threatened you just freeze up and hope that the predator doesn't see you and those impulses are in all of us so they're normal but anxiety disorder is when they get out of hand and you're experiencing these things for no apparent reason. You need to get help for that, and, and we support you in that 100%. That's not what I want to talk about today. Uh, I'm not equipped for that. But God has some things to say about worry. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. Whenever we have these issues that worry us and distract us to the point that it starts... It starts taking more of our time than it should, and it starts diminishing life. And as the old preachers used to say, robbing us of our joy, uh, we need to talk about that. So that's it today. So I'm going to read a passage from Matthew. This is from the Sermon on the Mount when Jesus was up there on this hillside, probably overlooking the Sea of Galilee, and he was, he was, he was literally creating the contours and boundaries of the kingdom of God as he spoke. And uh, today we're going we're gonna to listen to this part. This is from chapter 6, starting in verse 25. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that even Solomon in all his splendor was not dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Let's pray. Almighty God, we thank you for these beautiful images, these beautiful moments from the life of Jesus and his incredible teaching. Oh God, if you would please, by the power of your Holy Spirit, put us on that hillside. Let us, oh God, find ourselves at the feet of Jesus himself as we hear these words. 
Help us, O God, and may the same Holy Spirit that inspired Matthew to write inspire us to hear that we find truth today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So how do we break this down? How do we talk about it? I have three things that I want to say about worry, and maybe, maybe some of this will ring a bell with you. The first thing I want to say is this, and this is, these are experiences that I've had with it, and maybe you've had too, and we find some words about it in Scripture. Worry binds us. There's a proverb that says, anxiety weighs down the heart. And isn't it so? When we worry, sometimes we worry so much that we become frozen in place. We are so worried that we don't know what's going to come next. And so instead of going ahead and living our life with the purpose God has intended for us, and the purpose for all of us is to represent God's glory in the world and help others to see that he loves them too. I mean, that's really our ultimate purpose, and we do that in, in individual ways. But we lose sight of that whenever we worry, and we can become stuck in our worry because, because we're not sure what to do next, because we can't figure it out. And the problem is we have ceased trusting God and we have started trying to, to make our own way and figure out what's going to happen. And a, a good example of, of what you can do uh, is what I'm so proud of our church doing back when COVID first came knocking back in March of 20, whenever we were, uh, all the Methodist churches in the Holston Conference were closed for a, a long period of time because of COVID. Initially, my first reaction was, oh man, what are we going to do? We can't meet together. We can't do anything in proximity with each other. What if, what if people just go away? What if they just become discouraged? What if nobody comes back? What if, if people, what, what if they, what if people don't give back to God right now? And, and what if we have to lay off half our staff? And it was, I don't mind telling you, it was scary. But then we started talking together and praying together as pastors. And we, and we started thinking, okay, okay, okay. What can we do? Well, we can be faithful. Our purpose is to advance the kingdom of God at this particular outpost. That's our job. That's our purpose. Make disciples. So how do we keep doing that if we can't be together? And so it started this chain reaction of ideas, and, and we tried some stuff that worked, and we tried some stuff that we kind of let it go because it didn't. But the point was, we were just trying stuff. We didn't get frozen in time. And that's happened to churches that maybe didn't have the same resources we have, or maybe pastors that didn't have anybody else to go to to get that encouragement. Because it says, anxiety weighs down the heart, but a kind word cheers it up. And we were giving kind words to each other, and it kept us moving forward. We could have easily become bound up in our worry. And I don't know where we'd be now, but it was because of the Holy Spirit working among pastors and staff, and then eventually all of you in the congregation, it makes all of us, because that, all of that, you put all that together, and it's us. It's the church, and we work together. And, you know, our children's program found a way to have drive-throughs so that the kids could see their, their teachers, and, and the kids even could wave at each other in the cars. The students did the same thing. Cades went into people's yards and drive ways to support those persons and missions just kept handing food out and giving money to people who'd lost their jobs I mean 
There's all sorts of things we can do, but you can get bound up in that and get frozen. And that's what we don't want to happen. Worry creates a barrier between us and what God wants for us. You know, we've got feeders, bird feeders in our backyard. And man, on a good day, there are at least a dozen of them at any given time. Some of, they're trying to land and they're circling and they become very dependent on that feeder. And we're faithful to try to have it out there. When I water the backyard, I take the feeder down so the water doesn't cake up the food. And I'll take the feeder down and while the, while the sprinkler is doing its thing, these birds will come in and they'll fly in and then they'll, it's like they'll stop and go, whoa, 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 there was a feeder here before. Do you like my bird thing? That's, that's a bird backing up. <laughs> there, 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 was a, there was a feeder here a minute ago, so they just go hang out in the trees, and they swoop by, and then as soon as we finish watering, hang the thing back up, whew, here they come. They believe, they trust, they trust that, that it's going now deeper, deeper inside, you could say they're trusting God uh, to feed them because that's what they do, that's their purpose. Their purpose is to show their beautiful colors, to sing their beautiful songs, to take care of their wonderful little families, and to and to to live off the food that God gives them. And they just trust that it's going to be there. They don't, they don't sit somewhere in a tree and wonder, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? They just, they just keep fulfilling their purpose and keep trusting. And we find ourselves stuck. A good thing to do is talk to somebody. Even when we're worried, call a friend, text a friend, talk to somebody about it. Hey, you know, I'm not sure what to do here. You may get a kind word that can relieve some of that burden on your heart and find that you're able to take a few steps and you start taking a few steps and you find your groove again and you're walking in the rhythm that God has planted inside of you. Worry binds us, but it doesn't have to if we're willing to keep looking toward God. So, so worry binds us, and I would submit to you that worry also blinds us. Ephesians chapter 1, this is uh, Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, blah, blah, blah. But he's talking to them about how to live with joy and what it takes to receive the riches that God gives and let them flow through us out into the world. He didn't want the Ephesians getting all puffed up or concerned about things. So he said this to them, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Um, you know, there was a popsicle right in front of Wolfie the whole time. It, his mama was standing there with a popsicle, you know. But his, he, was so, he was still hung up on not being able to swing anymore. And he was so worried about that that he missed a cherry popsicle, his favorite. He just... He couldn't see it because he was too busy burying his face in his hands on the floor. Or, and he throws the cutest little tantrums. They're really, they're really pretty mild. And why, he usually just winds up balled up on the floor. And he, but he missed, it blinded him to that. And the same thing happens to us. Sometimes we can try other things to relieve ourselves of the worry. Some people, when they're worried, uh, they, they work too much. They add extra hours. They're overachievers. And overachievers then start overachieving even more, 
and or or some people apply drugs or uh, illegal drugs or or alcohol to the problem, and and some people do it in other ways. And we all have our ways to soothe ourselves when we're worried. But the problem is, we get so focused on this thing that is supposedly the, the port in the storm that's going to get us through, and we've lost sight of the fact that what we're worried about is still there. And as soon as the drugs and the alcohol or all the work or whatever it is we're doing to soothe ourselves, as soon as that stops, the worry's there, probably bigger than it was before. And so Paul didn't want the people in Ephesus focusing on that. Paul wanted them to people to look, to look with their heart. Um, there's a place just before this part of Matthew where it talks about store up riches in heaven. And Jesus says the eyes are the lamp of the body. The, if your eyes are good, then light comes in and we can see inside. But when the eyes are bad, there's darkness and we can't see what's wrong. And this is why I say that Worry can blind us. It can blind us to the fact that it's still there when we think we've made it go away, and it can often just make it worse. And you have your methods of soothing yourself and hiding the worry, and I do too. We don't have to depend on that. We can open our eyes to what the birds and the flowers already know, and that is that God is not going to turn his back, and God is going to provide. So I thought I would offer a little prayer this morning um, that we've sung before. This is a sung prayer, uh, and it's a song that we have sung for years and years in this room and, and especially over in that room over there. But it's based on this passage from Ephesians. And sometimes when we sing, sometimes it opens our heart up. Singing is good for you, by the way. And, and don't say, I can't sing. Of course you can. Maybe you don't sing well enough to, to, to sing a solo or or you know, uh, get a million hits on YouTube or something, but you can sing and glorify God. Every bird isn't beautiful, but all birds present themselves to God and fulfill their purpose. So I want us to just sing. You don't worry about the words. They're not on the screens. We're going to pray. So I'm going to say, let's bow our heads and let's go to God in prayer and sing this with me. Sing this prayer. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. And look for him there. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart. I want to see you. I want to see you. The whole point of that little song and that prayer is to open our eyes to the God who's always there, but sometimes hidden because of these other things. Sing that song when you feel stuck or when you feel like you're focused on the wrong things. Sing that little song like a prayer, and it can open your heart and open up new opportunities. The light of Jesus' love can reach the darkness that hides hope. And that's the problem. When we let our lives darken because we focused ourselves on things that, that are trying, we hope will distract us from the worry, we become darker inside. And it can occlude and block the hope that's actually there. Hope that was planted by God 
upon our faith in Jesus Christ. It's in there. It's in there. And God will open us up to it. Which leads me to the last thing. Worry binds us, stops us in our tracks sometimes. Worry blinds us to what the problem really is and maybe how we're making the problem worse by trying to distract from it. Worry binds us, worry blinds us, but God's love finds us. And I point toward these three quick parables that Jesus told in succession to make a point about how God is constantly seeking those who are lost. You know, Wolfie, Wolfie was, when he does that, and kids do this, when kids ball up and they put their hands over their eyes, little kids, and I don't know what the age is when that changes, they think they're invisible. And they think, mama can't see me, dad can't see me, I'm okay here, nobody can see me. And then we do, we think that. But Lauren could still see him. Lauren still cared. And we do the same thing with God. Sometimes when we get so upset and so worried and so distracted, then we think that God can't see us anymore. And maybe we've maybe we finally just pushed him too far, which I would submit is impossible. But here's the deal. And Jesus said it this way. He told these three quick parables. He said, there once was a shepherd, and he had a hundred sheep. And they were out grazing. And I'm paraphrasing, of course. But he looked around and he said, you know, they count their sheep constantly. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 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 eighty-nine, or ninety-eight, ninety-nine, ninety-nine, ninety-eight were a hundred. There's one missing. And Jesus in his parable says the shepherd went to look for the one that was lost, left the ninety-nine there, and went to look for the one that was lost. I love to imagine that story. Uh, as it was a black sheep that was lost, and I'm the black sheep. You, are, you ever have that, that? Every time I hear that story, I imagine it's a black sheep, and, and that's me. And God always comes looking for us. And then he follows it right up with the story about uh, someone who had lost a coin in their house, a very valuable coin. So they sweep the house clean and leave no stir, stone, book, newspaper, whatever, unturned until they find the coin because it's so valuable, they're going to find it. And then the last one, of course, is the one of the prodigal son. The the black sheep son who insulted his father by asking for his inheritance prematurely and then left and spent it all on rock and roll. And when he comes back, he thinks, maybe I'm starving to death. Maybe if I come back, my dad will just let me be a slave. Just let me be a household slave. Of course, we know what happens, and it's this beautiful image of his his dad is looking for him every day. And when he starts coming down the road, the dad goes out and he sees him, and the dad doesn't walk to him. He runs. He runs to him. He's been looking for him the whole time and throws a robe around and puts a ring on his finger, and they have a big party. See, God is always looking for us. And sometimes we become so worried that we think, we think, oh, God must not care about me anymore because I have all these troubles. Well, birds have troubles and flowers have troubles and everybody has troubles. But God never gives up and God is always there and God's always going to supply. We just have to remember that, that he's looking for us. Not to ever scold us, maybe to teach us along the way, but always to love us. God's greatest desire, God's greatest desire is to meet our greatest need. And that's all over the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. 
That's what God wants to do more than anything else is meet your need and my need. The, the, the greatest one we have, the one that causes us to worry and stress. He wants to meet that need. If we'll just accept our foundness, if you'll let me make up a word, <laughs> accept our foundness and know that he's right there. And Wolfie finally gave it up. He finally made a choice. And he chose to, instead of dwelling on everything that was upsetting him, he finally got the popsicle. His mom was right there the whole time with that cherry popsicle. Took him a while. But he finally got it. And friends, we do the same thing. And we get upset and we get worried and, and sometimes we just choose to hang out in it for a while. And, and, and it, maybe it's because we're stuck or maybe it's because we can't see it clearly. But God is there and God's got popsicles. God has got whatever flavor, whatever we need in the moment. God is there if we will just remember that and choose to turn to him. That's what this table's all about. I'm not equating Holy Communion to popsicles, but you know what I mean. God has, God has so much stuff even better. And what's better than a cherry popsicle? Well, God has a thousand and one things better. And he wants to give them to you and give them to me so that we can worry less and fulfill our purpose in the world. And we all have different versions of the purpose, but the purpose is to represent His glory in the world so that people see us, they see our lives, they see what we do, and they go, well, they must, they must believe in God. They, maybe they're Christians because they, they just are always doing things to help somebody else. They seem to find joy. Don't let worry rob your joy, as the old preachers used to say. Choose peace. Come to this table in a moment and choose peace. And by the way, this is not a United Methodist table. This is not Mike or Brooks' table, and it's not mine. This is Jesus' table. This, is, this represents his body and his blood. And you don't have to be a member of this church. You don't have to be a member of any church to come down these outer aisles and walk up here and receive a piece of bread and a little cup of juice. All you need to do is, is let that impulse inside of you that there's something missing. There's something you need. I promise you, Jesus has it. And you are invited to the table. Let's pray. Almighty God, sometimes we, um, we worry about everything, including whether we've just pushed you too far and you're not interested in us anymore. And Lord, we can pick any, just about any spot in the Bible and read and see that, yes, sometimes we make mistakes and sometimes we do become consumed with worry because life is hard. But you're there. You're not absent. You're there, concerned, ready to help. Help us this day, O oh God, to choose you instead of becoming obsessed with worry. Help us, O oh God, to just take a step Take two steps and let you provide for us the way you've promised. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. 
To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.